Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Living a Full Life Podcast. I am your host again, Dr. Enrico Dolce Corey. We are going through the neurodevelopmental series that we started from birth all the way up to 25 years old of the brain developing and as a parent, how we can navigate all of these milestones and these times of our children's development in the best way possible so that we can be the most encouraging and most influential people in their life that sets them up for success in physical, mental, and emotional well-being. That's the whole point of this. We got one more next week, which we'll wrap it up. But this week is about high school. So those 14 to 18 years old, what we can do to navigate that. The last podcast was about puberty. So we're going we're gonna to skip the hormone stuff this week, okay? That's the, I think that's the whole crazy part of uh, that whole time. So let's talk about the neurodevelopmental phase of the, the rest of the brain during this time from 14 to 18. So let, let's dive into that. During this time, Cognitive development is moving quickly. Now the academic level of our children's um, understanding is through the roof. These are the ages where they can remember stuff, take tests, take multiple courses. I mean, high school, that 14 to 18 is just such an intelligent phase of their life. They become know-it-alls, don't they? I don't mind. Mine are not teenagers yet, but they become know-it-alls because I remember I was a know-it-all. My sibling was a know-it-all. Uh, during that time, we felt like we knew more than our parents. And our parents sit there and be like, what? Um, how my dad didn't smack me upside the head a hundred times? I don't know. But um, during that time, because of the cognitive development, they know what they can do. They know the power of their brains. Not really, but they know. They know Because when they sit there, it's really hard when they beat themselves up when they don't score well or struggle academically through school because the power is there. So high school students continue to develop their thinking skills, including problem solving, reasoning, decision making. They're also able to think more abstractly and understand complex concepts that they've been working on for the last 10 years. They can now understand them easier. They are also starting to think about their future and what they want to do with their lives. It's a very amazing time when they now, now the future matters. Now the future matters. The future is not scary. The future is now, it truly matters. So language development, they're still going through this whole phase. The high school students' language skills continue to improve. Now they're fine-tuning grammar. They're able to use more complex vocabulary, and they're able to better understand and express abstract ideas. They're also able to communicate effectively in different settings, such as in school or at at work, maybe at a part-time job or in social situations with their friends. They can be um, dynamic with their social understanding and language development depending on the groups that they're at. Uh, If you ever walk by the high school group at Starbucks after school, I've never heard so many swear words in, in under 10 seconds in my life, but that's what ends up happening. That's a very different vocabulary than when they're sitting in school or in church or with their parents at the dinner table or, or visiting for Christmas at grandma's house, right? So it's funny what they can do and what they let go of during that time, but that's because the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed and their decision-making isn't there yet, right? Remember, we now know this, uh, but you still 
you know, bring that up and, and try and not punish that behavior, but truly bring up, you know, that that's not how we speak. Um, social emotional development. High school students are going through a lot of changes, both physically and emotionally. We need to just be patient with that and understand that. They are starting to develop their own sense of identity and they're becoming more independent. Posters start going up on the walls. They want to paint their bedrooms. They want to dress differently, right? They're trying to find themselves. And through social constructs, unfortunately, through what social um, out the outside world has put together on MTV, on television, on music videos, through music, through radio, through YouTube, through Instagram, through all the social media. They're trying to find out who they are. And I think it's more complicated now than it was when I was a kid in the 80s or when my parents were kids in the 60s or even, you know, you keep going back. I think it's way more complicated now. There's just too much going on. Uh, so, so, so we got to be patient with that. We also have to be a guiding light for them in that as well. And uh, whatever guiding light you guys value in your life too, if it's God or spiritual or, or religion, whatever it is, make sure we embrace those values uh, and, and make sure that they embrace those values as well so that they do feel like they're safe and they, there is always a guiding light for them. And you're, that, you're the brightest light that they have. Remember that. They are also able to communicate effectively in different settings. Oh, we talked about that. They are also becoming more aware of their peers and their social relationships. Now they're concerned about what others are doing too. Way more. Now it's affecting them directly. Um, and they want to fit in. They want to be a part of it. They don't want to be excluded. They feel excluded. Uh, because they're just not that other person. They never will be, but they haven't made that connection yet. They want to be that per- They think they want to be that person. That person doesn't want to be who they are. They want to be who they are. It's a weird time. Uh, they're also starting to explore, explore their sexuality and relationships as well. We need to just be aware of that. We just need to know. We know that. You've, you've been in high school too. You remember. Uh, we just need to be aware of it and create open dialogue and safety nets for your kids so that they feel safe to ask you those questions as uncomfortable as they are for you. This isn't about you. You're old. You're done. It's about the next generation. It's about your kids. I joke about this as a chiropractor when patients come in, <clears throat> you know, they come in like, Oh, you know, this hurts. That hurts. Oh, it's you know, old age. And I'll joke with them. I'll be like, yeah, you're, you're old. There's really not much left to worry about let's just deal with this and get get through it and let's just focus on the things that matter and everyone usually laughs and takes it with a grain of salt because it's true i mean the purpose is the next generation it it has to be whether you like them or not they're the ones that are going to be taking care of you they're the ones that are going to be pulling you over when you get a speeding ticket they're the ones who are going to be running the 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 next ceo of the major hospital they're they're the ones that are going to be there there's just no way around it um so understanding that they're becoming aware of all this uh, motor development. This is like a fine tune. High school students are still growing, develop, and developing physically. They may start off in ninth grade at five foot seven, and they may graduate at six foot four. It is unbelievable the motor development that happens during this time. They're becoming more coordinated and agile. High school basketball is very cool to watch. High school sports are cool. I mean, these kids are super agile. Um, they just don't have the muscle mass yet. That comes in later through through the finishing of hormone development. We'll talk about that in the next phase. Uh, and they participate in more, they want to, they want to participate in more challenging activities. They want to, they want to feel challenged. They're getting comfortable with their bodies. They're moving them. Facilitate that as a parent. That's all you can do is just encourage it, facilitate it, and let them guide their way. Whatever sport it is they want to do, try your best to make it happen. Some of these are unbelievably expensive. I don't know if you guys ever play hockey or anything like that. Unbelievable what it costs to keep your kids in school. So do your best. I mean, not everyone has money growing on trees in their backyard. I get it. 
but um, trying to facilitate as best as you can martial arts, whatever it may be. Um, th- that's your job is to facilitate it. They're also starting to develop their own personal styles and interests. Didn't have to tell you that you observed that quite well, right? <clears throat> but it's important to know who you are. It's important to find who you are too. So these things should be supported. I know you're listening to all my podcasts. You're like, dude, I have to support everything. I'm like, yes, you do have to support everything. You have to create a safety net. Please create the safety nets. The problems we run into in society is because so many humans don't have safety nets. They never did. Or the safety nets were so pathetic. Your kids end up in jail. Come on, people. Um, so here, here are some specific examples of milestones for, for high school kids. Be able to solve problems that require multiple steps and complex thinking. I mean, their courses are are tough, like algebra, geometry, trigonometry. They're understanding these concepts, which are abstract. Uh, Think critically and creatively. They use language effectively to express themselves and to communicate with others. Um, And they understand and manage their emotions. As much as you disagree with that last one, they do understand and they do feel like they are managing their emotions. They can keep quiet. Sometimes you'll ask them how they're doing. They're like, fine, okay right now. Seems like attitude, but really they're figuring out how to manage those emotions. And in that moment, they're just calming down. That's a, that's a very adult thing to do, okay? You don't have to reward them with a lollipop. That's not going to go well. They're not six years old anymore, right? Maybe with a burrito. I don't know, whatever. Form and maintain healthy relationships with their peers and adults. They're doing that. How they can... You put them into a part-time job or how quickly they can adapt as a server or whatever it is that they're working and then take on these adult tasks and then go out and execute them so well. I mean, you got to give these kids credit. They're able to do uh, whatever we are able to do. It, it's a cool time. Um, and again, we, we want to help them participate in physical activities that are challenging but still safe. We have to worry about safety because they're making those – they want to jump off the side of the garage, right? They want to see how high they can jump or how far they can jump, and they forget about gravity that they learned in geometry and <laughs> that they learned in math class. They forget about those things, and they think they're invincible or yada, yada, yada. So we have to just make sure we teach them to be safe, that they understand the parameters of uh, not hurting themselves. And then they make informed decisions about their future. Now they're making decisions, whether it's the courses that they're going to be taking in college or whether they're moving on to this, whether it's trades, whether they're getting into work, uh, whatever it is, they're starting to formulate their futures. And your job is to what? Facilitate and support. That's always what we're there to do. Uh, This series is about neurodevelopment in your children. It wasn't called Parenting 101. And that's there's a reason for that. I'm not here to teach you how to parent your kids. I'm here to help you understand how neurodevelopment works within your kids so that you can take your parenting style and understand and apply it however way you want to raise your children and discipline them and structure them and motivate them. That is unique to you. That's what makes it so unique. But if we all understand neurodevelopment, then we're going to raise wonderful, blossoming children and human beings. That's it. No matter which way or what we feel our natural values are. Uh, So you can impose whatever you feel on that. But as long as you understand that you're imposing into a neurodynamic complex created by something bigger than you, I think we're good. You're going to do just fine. But if you feel you're bigger than what designed the human body, well, you're missing the whole boat. So here are some additional things that maybe we can do as parents to help during this high school phase. Provide them with opportunities to learn and explore. 
again, facilitate what you're noticing them find interest in and help them to learn and explore more of that. Now with the digital age, this is where this is a useful tool. Now they may want eBooks or YouTube videos about coding, computers, programming, trading, day trading, finance, whatever it may be. You can help facilitate that, especially if you're in the industry or in the or if you're doing that stuff, me in the healthcare field, maybe I can help facilitate things about healthcare, medicine, natural healing, whatever it may be, I, because I'm a, I do that for a living. If they get into um, architecture, I don't know how much I can influence that, but I can facilitate that. I give them, you know, I can give them books. I can um, direct them in the right direction. I can maybe um, help them sign up for local classes in architecture, get them into an architectural firm for a day to go see how life is like with living with an art or being an architect, whatever it may be. As an adult, you have those opportunities and those relationships that you've built in the community where you can maybe help your children for that. Encourage them to ask questions and think critically. Always. I think we've said that in the last three podcasts, help them develop their problem solving skills as a parent, help them because you're in it with them, you're in the moment, you're living in the same exact moment with them in the same home, experiencing the same things. They're just going to their high school, you're going to your work or working from home, but you're living in the same moment and you're the most influential person around them. So helping them with local problem-solving skills is, is a great thing. Talk to them about their emotions and help them develop healthy coping mechanism. Not only is this great for them, it's great for you opening up dialogue, opening up emotions. Your kids can almost be the best listeners in your entire life. Support their social emotional development by helping them build positive relationships with their peers and other adults. Encourage them to participate in physical activities, physical activities, physical activities, physical activities, exercise, 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 keep them moving because uh, academia takes up a lot of time, a lot of studying. They sit around a lot and if they don't do any type of physical activity, you're setting them up for future feeling like that's okay. Um, life naturally puts a halt to physical activity because these years of going to school and having extracurricular activities after school, before school activities, life changes after college once you get into a job. Now you're trying to force yourself to go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. You're trying to squeeze it. Exercise becomes something that has to be forced into your lifestyle. This is the time in their life where it doesn't have to be forced. It could be part of their life. Um, and, and I know what you're doing. You're driving to multiple practices each week, cheerleading, uh, soccer. I, I know what's happening. It's, it's chaos. You don't get to exercise. You get to be a chauffeur. Um, but that's facilitating great relationships with your kids and facilitating great neurodevelopment for your kids as well and healthy habits for the rest of their life. And help them explore their interests and develop their talents. Help them do that. If they're talented in anything, help them facilitate that. Talk to them about their future goals and help them develop a plan to achieve them. Don't just pay for college. Help them get to their next steps, you know? Um, and by providing our children with stimulating environment, you're going to help them reach their full neurodevelopmental potential. That's the, that's the whole point of all this. You guys are all doing such a great job. Um, it's amazing talking to parents, helping parents uh, with kids and, uh, and seeing the trials and tribulations of parenting in today's age. It's a, it's a different world. I might have to redo all these podcasts five years from now because the world's changing so fast. But neurodevelopmental, neurodevelopment hasn't changed in uh, a million years. I mean, it's just the way our brains facilitate and grow. We've been influenced by env environmental factors in different ways over the last 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. 
So things have changed that way. We've become more, I had this um, funny conversation with my optometrist last year and I'm sitting there, he's looking into my eyes and I'm like, isn't it silly that we're blind? And he's, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, if you don't give me my contacts, I can't read that sign across the room. And when I'm driving, I can't see like it's it's fuzzy down the road. Like if a if a if a deer come if an animal comes out, I don't know what animal it is. I'm just lucky that I can see the shape of it. So maybe I'll stop. And I'm trying to be funny with him. And he's like, I'm like, isn't it silly? Humans do that. Imagine if other animals lost a sense or an attribute like that, they would go extinct. He's like, Yeah, that's the cool thing about humans, is we can change our entire environment. And he just stopped talking. I was like, well, is there more to this thought? Like, that's it? You're done with that? Like, we can change our environment? So that's I, I understand that's what makes us human. That's what makes us cool. That's what makes us the top of the food chain. I get it. I, you don't have to tell me this, Doc. I know. But at a, adaptively losing our abilities, do you feel like that's uh, that's a good uh, evolutionary thing that's happening? So I'm going to tell you right now, our eyesight wasn't this bad 200 years ago because all those people died because they couldn't survive. I mean, they couldn't see. That's the way it works. I mean, now, yes, we can adapt and we can live with assistance. But 500 years ago, if you were deaf or blind, somebody would have snuck up behind you and shanked you. You wouldn't even hear them coming. So that's the world. we. If you know anything about history, that's just the way it was. So I don't understand um, that concept. It's just weird. Vitality versus mechanism. When people start to think mechanically that the body is some type of machine rather than vitalistically where the body is this encompassing mechanism that, you know, that surpasses our intelligence and works innately. Just these systems cannot be replicated in a lab. The hormonal cascade still cannot be replicated in a lab. What we do is we synthet. We synthetically take a hormone at the very end of its stage that we understand, and we synthetically put that into the body, not knowing that the entire cascade of how that hormone is synthesized in the body is the way and the way it's supposed to work. So when we inject something bypassing that entire cascade, we've missed the whole point. We wonder why hormone, uh, I'm just using hormones as an example. Uh, therapy doesn't work for everybody or they have massive side effects. It's because they're not going through the proper cascade. One example. How did we get here? Were we talking about raising healthy kids? There you go. That You guys are doing a great job when it comes to raising your kids. The point with my optometrist was that you got to surround yourself with your village. And there's tons of people out there that think a lot like you. There's no one out there that thinks identically like you. And you got to remember that. And just because someone doesn't think identically like you doesn't mean you shouldn't like them. You should put your village with people who think generally like you. Because the people who don't think generally like you are crazy. <laughs> They're nuts, right? I just don't understand it. The guy comes in last week. He's like, uh, I take four Tylenols every day. I'm like, Don, what are you talking about? You're hurting? I've been taking care of you for a year and a half. He's like, yeah. Been doing that for the last five years. You take four Tylenol every day, Don. Why? It's like my knees hurt. Both of them replaced, by the way. And Don, you can't do that. Like your liver, you're going to run into big issues. Like you cannot do this. It's like what? You cannot do that. Just take Tylenol if it's really bad, or if you need to like get to sleep, or if you need to get through something. Don't just take it to avoid pain. Then we started working on his knees. He didn't tell me about his knees because he had um, replacements a few years ago. Both of them. So he's like, there's nothing you can do for me. I'm RoboCop in my knees. I got titanium. I'm like, oh no, there's tendons and muscles that we can still work on. And we started working on them, kill, 
could barely touch him. He was in so much, the muscles were in so much pain. We stretched him out. We did all this, took about three, four weeks. He's like, I can sit and stand. I got no pain. I'm not taking Tylenol anymore. I'm like, thank goodness for your liver, my man. Jeez, it was helping him with back pain the whole time, like back and neck pain. Coming in regularly just to um, to get adjusted because he was, he was functional. He's feeling great through chiropractic care. I'm like, you got to tell me about your knees. Okay, tell me about everything except uh, anything that requires you to remove your underwear. Don't tell me about that. But other than that, tell me about what's going on. I can help you with that. So that was kind of cool. You guys are um, legends that are walking the earth and saints. I'm telling you this. As parents, you're doing such a wonderful job. Tune in next week one more time for the conclusion of this neuron. I've had a lot of fun uh, doing this. And and then that's going to be one full year of this podcast. And then we want to switch it up a little bit, make it more exciting, get some rock and roll music in here. I don't know, whatever we need to get this pumped up and uh, turn season two into something really fun. So share your ideas. Anyone you want to talk to, um, we, we can probably get them through people that we know in the health, uh, uh, health field. Uh, we can get them on the show and start talking to them. That'd be fun. If you know anyone cool that wants to be on the show, we could talk and dive into their expertise too. That'd be great. Um, Fantastic. Have a great week. Stay well, stay healthy. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.